0: Fantastic. Turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. And we're gonna go, we're gonna start in verse 23. And now this scripture in Hebrews, uh, this scripture was written to the Jewish people who became Christians. That's why it's called Hebrews. And and most theologians think that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. It's got his style and everything. He just doesn't identify himself in this. But let's see, Paul is writing to the Hebrews, the Christians who were Jews. and, And he says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. You know, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God because, you know, here's what faith is. You first believe that he is and that he rewards those who seek him. What does that mean? He's going to do what he said he would do. If you seek him, he's going to do what he said he would do. God's faithfulness is fundamental. If we receive and accept and rest in his faithfulness, no matter how hard it gets, that is the greatest form of worship that we can, we can give to God. That is the, the greatest sacrifice that we can give is to be content knowing that he'll do what he said he would do if you just seek him. So he says, first of all, we need to hold uh, without wavering to the hope we affirm. And then in 24, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And, and let's not neglect meeting together some people do, during the Fourth of July, I'm just kidding but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So there's three things in this particular passage that we want to cover this morning. and the first is, what is the hope that we're to hold on to? What is it that Paul says, Paul says, "Let us hold tightly without wavering, to the hope we affirm." For, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. What's the hope he's talking about? Nine out of 10 Christians would probably say that hope is heaven. That hope is that when we die, we don't experience hell, we go to heaven. Well, that's probably included in the hope, but that is not what we're hoping for. Uh, we have eternity in us by his spirit. We we have what, what we are going to experience face to face within us right now. Now it's not the full measure, you see. It's more of a process. That God's new wine, his Holy Spirit is within us, empowering us, strengthening, giving us the ability to do things that we can't do, giving us the ability to see things we can't naturally see, giving us the ability to understand things that there's no way that we could with all of our education and experience understand. We have eternity in us. We have God's spirit within us. We have the mind of Christ within us. We have the life without beginning and within. And Romans chapter 8 says that life will even quicken or give, give life to our flesh as dying because of the sin that is in this world. So, so we ha- it's, 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 yes, this that is within us is a deposit guaranteeing heaven but it's guaranteeing something more. It's guaranteeing the day that you will no longer struggle with your body. It's guaranteeing the day that you will be like Jesus. It's guaranteeing the day that when you see him, you will see him as he is, for you will be like him. For in an instant, you will be changed. When we're lifted up when Jesus returns and in the middle of the air, when we see him, the Bible says that the immortality that is in us, this life without ending, will what is and what is dying And we will be changed To be like him You will be like Adam was Before the fall Without the ability To lose it See it's better To, to, to be in your body And to be like Jesus how many of you have watched any DC movies or Marvel movies? Yeah, yeah. The very first one that really was popular was Superman because he was a son of Krypton. He could do things that normal men couldn't do. And and he had one, one weakness. You know, Jesus is Superman without the weakness. Superman is really the comic book's way of saying this is a type of Christ a son of something that is superior you would have been made a son or a daughter of God a child of God by the same way that Jesus was Jesus was conceived or born of the spirit and then he was baptized with the spirit and with power and then he was resurrected by the spirit hey you were born of the spirit you were resurrected by the spirit you you were made a son or a daughter of God by, D, by his DNA, by his spirit, not, not by just a form of adoption papers. You've literally been made a child of God. The hope is that this thing that we have been made will envelope and swallow up the weakness. And in that, in that life, in that body, with the life of Christ not only in us but around us and on us and through us and about us and who we are, that is the being, that is the person you will be that will enjoy heaven with God. You could say there's two classes of people in the world those who are born of God and those who are not that doesn't mean one is less valuable than the other because they both carry the same value they both carry the same price they both carry the same the penalty for both of them to become sons and daughters of God is the same it is the it is the blood of Jesus Christ the death of him on the cross but there are two, two places we find ourselves, either we're a, son, a child of God or we're not a child of God. You are a supernatural people living in a fallen natural world. You're tapped into, connected to the one who created the universe, the one who hung every star in place, the one who made the grass green and the skies blue. You are connected to him in the most intimate way that now you share his lineage, his bloodline, his DNA. And there'll be a day when the residue of who you were will be swallowed up with this new life. That is the hope that we are clinging to. The Bible says, who hopes for what we already have? No, we hope for what what is coming. And this that we have is the deposit guaranteeing what is coming. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as adopted children including the new bodies he has promised we were given this hope when we were saved if we already have something we don't need to hope for but if we look forward to something we don't yet have we must we wait for it oh with endurance and and with patience but but confidently because we know he's going to give us the thing that he promised the redemption of our bodies. That sounds kind of foreign to us. It's better than an overhaul. It's better than a remodel. You know, this building, it would have been a lot easier and probably, I don't know, maybe even safer, I don't know, knock it down and build a new one, you know, as much damage as it experienced. When you were born again, your old spirit was taken out and you were given a new one. And then God put his spirit in there to commune with and become one with your spirit. The old is gone and the new has come. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's why we don't look at each other like we used to. We don't judge each other the way we used to because we're not judging that old person anymore. You've come to Christ. You're new. That, that old man, I've got a, I've got a friend uh, who may even hear me right now. They say, Well, I know who you are. I remember who you were. Uh, Sweet pea, you don't because that person's gone. <laughs> I know what I used to do, but that person is gone. He's dead. And if he ever tries to raise himself up, I just put my foot right on his grave, little head and push him back down. Stay in there. He's dead. I'm a new person in Christ. You're a new person in Christ. Your past is gone. Who you were, I know it matters to you, but it has, it really has no hold on who you will become. You can't change the past. You can only change the future. And tomorrow isn't written yet. It's in your hands. It's in your destiny. And you have the very life and the nature of God within you. And the hope is that you can live this life receiving the, the, the abundant life that he's giving you. So you can live above temptation and live above the curse and live above the weakness. Because one day you will see him and you will You'll be like him for you'll be changed. Hebrews chapter 10. That's good stuff, man. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, let us then think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We have this hope. Don't forget the hope. Come on, don't forget the hope. Maybe you're not very good at witnessing because you haven't been witnessing about the right thing. The right thing is the hope. Come on, we're saved because of that hope. Come on, we're clinging to God because of that hope. We long for it so much. Sometimes our spirit, our spirit longs for it so much it's groaning. We don't even know how to pray about it. We want it so much. All the earth is waiting to be released from this curse. And, and we, have, we have something within us. That is the answer. That is the hope that we preach. So so if you hang on to that, now now think think of ways to motivate each other to love. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with, with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. One translation says, with all your strength. Jesus, the Son of God, said this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, all of the requirements, and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. In one place, Jesus says that these two commands fulfill the entirety of the law. I want to maintain that hope. And to maintain that hope, guess what I have to do? I have to live in love. And the only way that I can love you, by the way, if you will discern the scriptures properly, the love is to one another in the body of Christ. The love is to each other in the body of Christ. The love is to the family. And then we love the world together. Are you hearing me? Because if you can't, if we can't, I shouldn't say you. It's like if, if we can't love one another, why would anybody want to be like us? Because Jesus said that they'll know that you are his disciples by the way you love each other. I don't like that person. Well, grow up and love them. Like has nothing to do with it. Love them, prefer them, honor them, serve them, love them. But you can't love one another until you love God. And the way that you love God is by having no reserve between you and him, no secrets between you and him, no areas that you're holding back between you and him. You're not going to protect yourself from him because you love him. You're not going to hold anything back from him because you love him. You're going to let him in every area of your life because you love him. And when you love him that way, now finally you can do what you want to do, which is love other people because you do it by his love, not by yours. It's a supernatural gift it's not a decision or an act of your will love him first then we can love each other and together we love the world he says let us think ways of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works Galatians 5, 6 says, is what, is, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. One translation of the NIV says, the only thing that gets recorded, the only thing that counts is faith that is expressed in love. I used to have bulldog faith, and I didn't matter who you were, you know, like climbing the ladder. I'm going to get to the top, and I've, no matter who, I got to step on. And with my faith, I'm going to get this done for Jesus no matter what. That didn't count. That's not in any records in heaven, the things I did that way. That's gonna give me credit so I could receive a crown to give back to Jesus because I didn't do it in love. The only thing that that counts, the only thing that that is recorded is what you do out of love. There's gotta be faith expressed in love. And and so James 2 says, "See, so so you see, we are shown to be right by God by what we do, not by faith alone. And half the people in the room go, what does that mean? Because you've been telling me for years I've saved by grace through faith. Yes, but faith without works is dead. But faith is not just believing in something. Faith is believing in something and then doing something with what you believe. Can I get an amen? Amen. And the only thing that counts or is recorded is the things that you do in faith that are expressed in a loving way. Ow! So, so, so you, you see, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. Romans chapter 3, verse 27 explains the difference. Because you're saying, no, I'm saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. I'm not saved by what I do. What I do has nothing to do with when I'm saved. And I'm just going to say, bull whammy. We had a wonderful person in our church just loved or came in. Oh, this is the best church. Oh, pastor, we just, I just love you. I just love your wife Niji. you. I just love Cole. I just love Melissa. I just love what you preach. I just love this place. I've been called to this place. I'm never going to leave. Three months later, she says, I'm going to leave. You're not preaching what I believe. I believe that I'm saved by grace. I believe that you're just preaching the law, preaching works, preaching the law, preaching works. And when you're saying that my salvation is based on what I do, I said, well, yeah, a little bit. Well, I like this preacher because all he preaches is extreme grace. And I don't want to hear anything about Jesus except for grace. I'm like, don't you want to know him completely? Let me explain what she was basing this off, and so many people do. Romans chapter 3, verse 27 says... Can we boast, then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? Well, no. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. So, so we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law., oh, you're just contradicting yourself, and I was confused. you're making me confused. I got to get it. you were confused when you got here. Let me help you. We're not justified by obeying the law. We're justified by faith with actions that line up with love. And if we don't have actions in our life of service, actions in our life of love, actions in our life of preferring one another, you know, our salvation could be in jeopardy according to the scripture because faith without works is dead and I need faith to please God. The the difference is this, it's not that what you do doesn't bless God and he doesn't record it, it's that it's not according to you can't eat pork. You have to worship on Saturday. You, You can't touch a dead animal. It's not based on the Levitical or Mosaic law anymore. It's based on love, and then he gives his love. God shed his love abroad in our heart so we can love others, so we can serve others, so we can prefer others. So are you, are you getting it? So, so let us think of ways that we can provoke one another or, or encourage one another to, to love through action and deed. So, so we're made right by God through faith and not by obeying the law. And in fact, here's the scripture. As a matter of fact, here's the scripture most people quote Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, for it is by grace that we are saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It's a gift from God so no man can boast. Woo-hoo, I can do whatever I want. No, sweetheart. For we were recreated in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. See, works are right there with that scripture. And the works are based in love. And the works are based in serving others. Can I get an amen in the house? I had a very, very wonderful teacher. She was seventy-some years old. My first year, when I was going to Evangel College down in Springfield, Missouri, Bible school, and, and her name was Twyla Edwards, and she was the oldest person on staff. And she pointed that crooked little finger at you, and she said, "There is an equation for salvation. It is this." And she wrote on the chalkboard, "Salvation." And then underneath it, she wrote, grace plus faith equals salvation plus good works. You can't take the good works out of the equation, but you don't receive salvation by the good works. The good works are a fruit uh, demonstrating, amplifying, uh, pointing the finger toward what God has done in your life. They are the evidence that you're born of God. And you're, you could know, be born of God and not yield to Him. That you're born of God and yielding to God, listening to God, and being strengthened by God. Because it is, how many of you know it's hard to love somebody when they're not very lovable? It's hard to love somebody when you think you're better than they are. It's hard to love somebody when, when they're happy and you're sad. It's hard to love somebody when they're sad and you're all happy. We all struggle with the same thing. The Bible says you shouldn't think of yourself so, 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 so highly that you won't, you, won't, you won't deal with common people. I don't even know what that means. but It, it means you're thinking people are less than you. Every single person on this planet no matter what age, no matter what race, no matter what culture they come from, no matter what sex, no matter their stage in life, no matter how how high they've climbed in the economic ladder, if there is one, it doesn't matter. They all carry the same value. And that value is demonstrated by the price that God paid for their salvation. And that that price is Jesus Christ. There isn't a person on this earth that he didn't die for. And there isn't a person on this earth whose salvation can't be guaranteed by Jesus Christ on the cross when they receive him as their Lord and Savior. You see, we're all valued the same, but we are different people, and that's okay. What somebody does doesn't make them more valuable. So, so in Romans chapter 8, it says, can we boast sin that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, our, our, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it's based on faith. So we're made right with God through faith, not by, not by obeying the law. We're made right through faith. Living faith has action and corresponding deeds. Loving and serving others. That's why we are continually saying, love lead teach if I love God I will love others I will prefer them I will serve them part of serving them is leading people to Jesus Christ because he's the answer I'm not he's the answer my code my creeds are not he's the answer. Our doctrines are not. So we lead people to Jesus. We love God so that together we can love each other and love the world and then we lead people to Jesus who is the answer and then we teach them how to follow him. How do you follow him? (laughs) You love God. You love each other and together you love the world. Love lead, teach, hold tightly to hope, encourage one another to act, to to, 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 acts of love and good works. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day is drawing near. I want you to notice something. It doesn't say if you don't go to church, you're excommunicated. If you don't attend service every Sunday, now so there's, we have some programs on campus that is mandatory, but there's a reason for that because it's part of the program. I just heard of something the other day It just kind of surprised me. There, there was a person that I knew that required that people who were active in a certain level of their ministry that they had to be at their Bible study on two days a week. And if they couldn't, they couldn't serve on the board. And that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about demanding. We're not talking about some kind of spiritual abuse. We're saying, we, you, not me, you, we you, we, are to encourage one another. Come on, let's worship together. Come on, let's go to church and get strengthened. Come on, let's get together and let's love each other so we can together go out and love on the world. It's together love on the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, But our bodies have many parts. I got a thumb, I got a toe, I got a leg, I got a, I, got a, I got a titanium knee. And God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Oh, look, there's a thumb, but it's not a body. Oh, look, there's a titanium knee, but it's not a body. Look, there's a toe, but it's not a body. How strange it would be If a body only had one part, yes, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. The truth is, if anything has been revealed during COVID, it's how desperately we need each other. And it actually has increased my compassion and my love for one another. as a selfish way, because I need you. You have gifts that I don't have. You have strengths that I don't have. You have resources that I don't have. You have a sphere of influence that I don't have. You have wisdom that I don't have. You have experience that I don't have. You've got got a gift that I don't have. You have the ability to serve that I don't have. But together, then we can fulfill our mission, which is to love one another and love the world into Christ. Amen. You are part of the body of Christ because you're part of the body of Christ. Let me say it again. You're part of the body of Christ because you're part of the body of Christ. Okay, let me use another gesture. You are part of the body of Christ because you're part of the body of Christ. I'm gonna do it one more time. You and I individually are part of his body because we're part of this body. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you don't belong to him, but you're a toe if you're not part of a body. You're a thumb, you're a titanium knee. That's not hooked to a leg. Jesus never intended for us to serve him alone. He created the local church with the government of the church so that together under one vision we can love each other and begin to love the world into Christ and get them set free so they could become part of the body. I had a very dear person in my life who just didn't believe in the local church. And I watched for 30 years the result of that ministry that that person had. And we had many, many conversations about it. And this person was a wonderful evangelist, would lead people to Jesus. But I watched over 30 years people come to to that particular ministry that didn't believe in the local church. And people would never grow out of addiction. They would end up dying young. They would end up divorced. They would end up in prison prison they would end up in jail they would end up in problems because they'd never matured because God put the maturing and edifying part in Ephesians chapter 4 when he gave to the church pastors and evangelists and apostles and and and, and teachers and prophets so that we could give you something that you don't have and encourage you to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not individual. The work of the ministry is corporate, that we together under one vision love each other and we love the world into Christ. Does that mean that you don't have value? You still have value. You can be a toe out there. You could be a thumb out there. You could be a knee out there, but you still have the same value to God. But you're not as effective as he intended you to be. Because we were never meant to be part of the body without being part of the body. You're part of the body of Christ because you're part of the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 4 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. That is what I noticed in COVID more than anything else, how much I miss the body. How, miss, how much I missed us working together under one vision. How, how much I missed being encouraged by you by sharing our weaknesses together and sharing our strengths together. Somehow, you know, when you add one and one together, it equals four in the body of Christ. Be, because the, the sum is greater than the total. When we come together, the Bible says that one can turn a 1,000 to flight, but two can turn 10,000. That's not one plus one equals two. That's like one plus one equals 1,000. There's a multiplying effect in the body of Christ because we're connected to something that's supernatural. And the expression, the physical expression of Christ on the earth is the local church. Okay, this one is one of the messages about, but obviously it must be in my heart. Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> the church was birthed when they were all together. 1 Corinthians 11 through 14, uh, the Apostle Paul is giving instructions about how our services are to be conducted. Paul wrote what we call the epistles in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, 1st and 2nd Corinthians are all about how we are to function as a local church. So that we could love God, love each other, then together under one vision we could love the world into Jesus, help them find their purpose and help them follow Him, Hebrews chapter 10, instructs us to encourage one another not to forsake the church. So let me talk about the elephant that's in the room. If anybody doesn't know what that means, you're going to think about it all day long. The elephant in the room is this. COVID exposed some weaknesses in the church. Thank you, Jesus. But people have rejected the church because they found weaknesses. How how ridiculous. Just because somebody doesn't represent the truth perfectly doesn't mean you throw out the truth. And, And here's what was revealed during the season of COVID, the year and a half and two years when it was rampant around the world, is this, that the church had become, you come to me And that is your act of service for the Lord. No, 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 no. And and, and the antonym is this that we are to go out, the church is to go out there. That's the truth. But there's also the truth that we have to assemble that we gather together, we love on each other, we encourage each other, we get underneath the gifts and underneath the vision so that we can be effective. You you, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. The church is still the institution that God established. And he, he put it in the records that, in the habit and the tradition that we meet weekly. So that's why we do what we do. But because of COVID, many have left the church and said, I only need to go once a month. Well, You know, if we're going to run this race together, you can't reject the truth that we need to be under one vision and we need to come together to learn that vision and to know each other and find each other's gifts so that under that vision we can fulfill the great commission, which is to love people into Christ and teach them how to follow Him. So, what are you saying, Pastor? You're sounding like you're being all legalistic. I'm not. I'm saying we just need to focus correctly. You're part of the body because you're part of the body. You'll be more effective as you're doing something together under one vision in the local church. That's why God gives vision. You know, I was talking to somebody this week, and I'll make this quick. And they said, Pastor, I don't even know if I have a vision. I've been asking myself for years if I have a vision. I don't know what I'm really called to do. I do if you don't have a very specific vision and a very specific draw, a very specific leadership position, most likely you are called to come underneath the vision that God has established in the local church somewhere and to hook up. And our vision is so big, yet it's so small. It's big that it includes all of the world. And we live in a time that we could reach the world. We live in a time in the next five years where language will be, will be no longer, it will be a hurdle. No longer will it be a barrier. We live in a, in a time that we can connect with somebody all the way across the world who speaks some dialect that never has been translated and it will be translated simultaneously. We can have discussions and we can disciple people from our living room. That'll happen in the next five to 10 years and we need to get ourselves ready and be in a position so that we could lead the world to the truth, which is not the cathedral, it's Christ and teach them how to follow him our our vision is big but it's so small because how, how do we fulfill the vision loving leading and teaching we come together under that vision We encourage people to come to church with us. We encourage people to come to small groups. Sometimes it's easier to get somebody to a small group than it is to come to a church, especially if they're unchurched. Just tell them, this person makes the greatest brownies in the world. Nothing special in them, but they make the greatest brownies in the world. Come, come, and and, and you got to try out these brownies and, and get them to come. Love, lead, teach. Let's pray, would you? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the message this morning. More than anything else, Lord, let this morning bring a new vision, a new perspective, a new way of seeing, a new way of understanding, and a new way of living. Lord, help us to see the church as you see it. Help us to see ourselves as part of the church. Church is not a bad word. It's your word, ecclesia. It's your word, a coming out, gathering together to worship you. Father, breathe the breath of your spirit of wisdom and revelation into the heart of each person that's here today. And, Father, right now, if they don't know you like they should, if they don't know you like you they should or they, they don't know you at all, let your Holy Spirit begin to work on them to where it is impossible to ignore. I'm asking for your help and spiritually make it impossible to ignore you right now. Shine your light in the corners of darkness in our hearts. Reveal to us, so we can't hide it, the areas that we think wrong about the church and about ourselves. Let us see ourselves in the church as you do. Cause your spirit to bring these things to the top so they either have to be dealt with or a decision has to be made to push them back down. I just sit there for a minute and let him work. Shaken a motor to show some brosiki de meshe second of motor to see. He shall somosoka to see. Hey, Babosha, so to see. And glory to your name. Glory to your name. Every wall transparent right now. Every dark place that light shine upon. Every hidden thing revealed right now between you and them thank you Lord nobody looking around please out of respect for each other if God showed you a thing or two during that time please raise your hand up real quick and put it right back down right put it up right back down put it up and right back down now you have a choice am i going to keep it the way it is am i going to stuff it back down or am i going to give it to him am i going to release it am i going to give him the baton and hold on or am i going to give him the baton and let him run with it if that's you and you want to give it to him just in your breath right now say lord take it i give it to you if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, let's all pray this prayer together. Put your hand on your heart and say, Dear Heavenly Father, I do believe in your son, Jesus. Thank you for salvation. I believe in your son. I believe he died for me. I believe you raised him from the dead. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Fill me with your spirit. In the matchless name of Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, you can text the word new. And then we'll get back and touch you with you with your next step. Is if that's something that you did and you need to know what to do next. We'll give you instructions up on the screen about how to text the word new to us and then we'll get back to you so that way you don't have to come up here but we'll do it individually one-on-one, okay? Pastor Nejan, and I love you guys.